He was doing some yard work outside of his family's trailer home while his wife and daughters were spending time inside. Then, all of a sudden, he heard a scream coming from inside his home. He immediately dropped what he was doing and ran inside. And what he found was worse than he could have ever imagined. Welcome back. I'm Cassie, and this is A Wicked World. The story I have for you today is about a little girl's mom who snapped one day after months of mental instability. And quite a few people had seen her losing her grip on reality, but nobody could have seen what would happen next. This is the story of Ashley Smith. Ashley Smith was born in April of 2001 to her parents, Robert Smith and Melissa Wright. She also had an older sister who was from her mom's previous marriage named Courtney. The family of four lived in Coosada, Alabama, in a small trailer home at the end of a gravel road named Harm's Way. Around a year after Ashley was born, in April of 2002, Melissa lost her job as a waitress. Now neither her or Robert were employed, and they were struggling to keep up with their bills. Neighbors of the family knew that they were struggling, so they would help them out and bring over meals for them to eat. And one neighbor named Denise Dunlap would also help out by occasionally watching Ashley and Courtney. Denise had actually started helping out after she noticed that Melissa's mental health was going downhill. One day, Melissa had actually gone over to Denise's trailer and knocked on the door. When she answered, she asked her if she was April with an odd look on her face. Denise said to her, you've known me for over a year now. You know who I am. Melissa just replied with, oh, okay, and then moved on to a new subject. She started talking about how the trailer around the corner belonged to her granddaddy. But that wasn't true either. And Denise knew that. Melissa had also become more withdrawn, and she would go everywhere with Robert. She would also swing from a manic state to fits of anger to being almost completely catatonic. It also appeared that Melissa was not only starting to care less about her own appearance, but also her own children. One day, Courtney had actually come running out of the trailer over to Denise's, telling her that her mother Melissa was trying to kill her, and she had asked her father Robert to tie the little girl up. Instead, though, Robert had been able to hold Melissa back, and that's how Courtney was able to run and get help. Courtney, who was eight, also told Denise that earlier that same day, her mother had tried to jump out of a moving car. Denise tried to calm the little girl down and went over with her to the family's trailer. When she was inside, she saw Melissa just sitting there. Melissa looked up at Denise, but she had a completely blank stare on her face, like nobody was home. Ashley's father, Robert, told Denise that he did not know what to do about his wife. He said that he had taken her to the doctors a few weeks prior, and they had put her on a few different medications. She was put on hydroxine Pamote, which is used to treat anxiety, Topamax, which is used to treat seizures, and Welbutrin, which is an antidepressant. Robert thought that maybe these medications were what was causing his wife to go from manic to angry to not talking at all. He also said that there was a few times that he had found Melissa walking outside in the front lawn, 
talking about how the world was going to come to an end. He said she was obsessed with talking about how the world was going to end. And Melissa had also started putting up tons of religious pictures around the trailer, though she had never really been religious prior to. One night, Melissa even told her neighbor Denise that she had everything figured out, and she now knew that her husband Robert was the devil. She said she was sure of that. Now, the Alabama Department of Human Resources was familiar with the family, and in June of 2002, one of the family's neighbors would call the Department of Human Resources to let them know what had been going on in Melissa's house. So an agent went out to the home where Ashley and Courtney lived with their mother and father on June 5th. When he got there, he discovered that Melissa was just sitting there, again, in a semi-catatonic state, and the two little girls were on their own, just running around. Robert wasn't home at the time, and the little girls clearly could not be left with Melissa in this state, so the police were called. Once there, the police discovered that Melissa was so out of it that she could not even give them her name or birthday. Luckily, Robert arrived home soon after to tend to the girls, and he acted like Melissa's behavior was just an everyday thing at this point. And Robert seemed irritated with Melissa. He told her that if this was the medication doing this, she needed to stop taking it. And the social service agent who was there was worried that maybe Melissa had overdosed, so they brought her into the hospital to have her stomach pumped, though they would find out that she had no drugs or an overdose amount of prescription drugs in her system. So due to the condition that Melissa had been found in that day, the social service worker issued a Department of Human Resources safety order and made it very clear that Ashley and her sister Courtney were not allowed to be left alone with their mother. And the agent told the family that he would be making some unannounced visits to check on things. And he did just that on June 10th, where he found Robert, Melissa, and the girls all safely at home. He determined that everyone was in good health and seemed safe. He would leave shortly thereafter. But only hours later, while Robert Smith was outside of the family home, he suddenly heard his 14-month-old daughter, Ashley, screaming and crying. He ran inside the trailer and didn't see her anywhere. The cries were coming from the kitchen. He went in there and discovered that his daughter had been stuck into the oven that was set to broil. Robert immediately called 911, and Ashley was rushed to the hospital. Over 30% of her body was covered in third-degree burns. But even through all of this, little Ashley was still alive. The gas oven had been set to around 600 degrees. Police arrested Ashley's mother, Melissa, and charged her with attempted murder. Though Melissa would initially tell them that her little girl had been playing around the oven and had just fallen in, and then the door shut behind her. Yeah, because that happens. She would later change her story and say that she had put Ashley in the oven herself because she had heard voices. The voices told her that she just needed to trust Jesus. But the truth was actually that Melissa Wright had taken the racks out of the oven, set it to broil around 600 degrees, waited for the oven to heat up, and then stuck her daughter Ashley in there head first. So due to this, the district attorney, Randall Houston, did not believe that Melissa was crazy. He believed that she did this because she wanted attention. 
He thought that she was jealous of the attention that Robert would pay to the little girl. The district attorney also said that he would gladly put Melissa Wright on trial and parade the evidence, photographs, and expert witnesses past the jury, except for one thing. He said all it takes is for one person to say she's crazy for the jury to get hung up, which would in turn possibly save her from a much harsher punishment. So instead, in August of 2003, the district attorney accepted a guilty plea from Melissa Wright for attempted murder in exchange for a 25-year sentence. But Melissa Wright's attorney believed the exact opposite of what the district attorney had said. He thought that Melissa had severe mental problems and possibly postpartum psychosis, though none of that has actually been proven. He requested that Melissa be examined by state psychologists, which she was. They declared her to be competent to stand trial, assist in her defense, as well as sane at the time of the incident, which means she knew right from wrong. Melissa Wright was sent to the Elmore County Jail in Wetumpka, where she awaited transfer to Alabama's only prison for women, Tutwiler. Robert Smith would say that he knew his wife had a serious mental condition, and he wasn't sure if she would be getting the help that she needed in prison. He and said that even he still though cared he about hated her. what she did, he did not hate her. Robert also said that he had spoken to his wife Melissa shortly after she had been arrested, and at that time, she was unaware of what she had done. She thought maybe she had put both girls in the oven. Ashley Smith had to undergo a total of 38 different surgeries. And she now has no memory of the event, though she does have memories of almost all of the surgeries. And once she was out of the hospital, Ashley went to live with her aunt and adoptive mother, Rhonda Zafina, her father's sister. She now calls her mom. During the course of her surgeries, doctors put tissue expanders in Ashley's back, which are devices filled with saline to help expand the skin. This was to help stretch her healthy skin so that it could be applied to the areas that had been so badly burned. She is finally done with her surgeries. 14 years later, Ashley still carries the scars from the burns on her arms and forehead. I've had 38 surgeries. It was painful, but I got through it. Now, Melissa Wright's oldest daughter, Courtney, was sent to live with her biological father, Timothy Sims, in Selma. And having been the only one who witnessed her mother's horrific act, Courtney was sent to therapy for years after. In 2016, Melissa Wright was up for parole after serving 13 years and nine months in prison. And Ashley showed up at her former mother's hearing, and there she asked the Alabama Parole Board to refuse Melissa's plea for early release. Ashley said that she did not trust her mother, especially around her niece, who was eight, and her nephew, who was only 27 months old. She said they were around the same age that her and Courtney were when the incident happened. She told the parole board, Honestly, I do not trust her, and I'm afraid for their safety. I cannot imagine anyone being in as much pain as I was in. And now I have a great life, thanks to my mom, stepdad, brothers, and sisters. I do not hate her. I do not love her. I don't want to see her. I think that she's crazy. I cannot imagine 
any mother wanting to burn their child. Ashley's big sister, Courtney, was eight at the time and saw everything. While I'm standing by the refrigerator, she picked up Ashley and hugged her and told her that she loved her. And then just like everything was fine. And next thing you know, there goes Ashley in the oven, the oven door shut. And incredibly, Ashley found it in her heart to forgive Melissa for her awful crime. Though Ashley's adoptive mother says she's surprised that Ashley was able to forgive Melissa because Melissa has never once written to her or apologized for her actions. So even though Ashley was begging to have her mother remain in jail, her older sister, Courtney Brunson, was the only one pushing for her mother to get released. She would say, I was only eight years old when it happened. She was different. I seen what happened. I know she was. She was not herself. She also said that Melissa has sought counseling in jail, and she's a better person now. Sure. But the Alabama Board of Pardons and Paroles, who had seen the pictures of Ashley when she was younger after she had been so badly burned, denied Melissa's request for parole. The district attorney said that the reason Melissa Wright had originally been sentenced to 25 years was so that her daughter Ashley would have the chance to grow up without her mother around. The district attorney was actually worried that if Melissa did get out before her 25-year sentence was done, she would try to enforce her parental rights. And this would just be terrible and traumatizing for Ashley. Randall Houston says her physical and emotional healing is extraordinary. She's an extremely strong child. She was probably four years old when she first started realizing and we started talking about it. But she's always kind of learned, we just gave her what was age appropriate mm -hmm. as far as what happened to her. And she's always known and she's always accepted it. Before I was like, my house caught on fire and everything because I wouldn't tell anybody. But now everybody's going to know, so I just tell them. And Melissa Wright was again up for parole in 2021, but again, she was denied. Well, thank you for listening to all of Ashley's story today. Though I guess it's not all of her story, since she survived and she seems to be thriving now. And it sounds like Ashley and Courtney no longer speak. It's sad that this awful incident had to drive a wedge between the once close sisters. It's nice to finally have a story that ends happy. Let me know if you liked hearing this survivor story today. I would like to do these videos more often, if so. Because a little light in this wicked world is a welcome change. So, if you do like true crime and you want to hear it from me, then don't forget to hit that subscribe button below. And turn on your notifications too, so you'll know when I upload a new video, which is two to three times every week. Thanks for watching A Wicked World today. Until next time, take care guys. Bye. Thank you for being patrons of A Wicked World. Adina, Ali C, Amy, Angela, Angie, Beatrice, Catherine, Danielle D, Danielle H, Drew, SJ, Frank, Hanorama, Kara, Lori, Mary, Mel, Melissa, MJ Kelly, Neoma, Ray, Stephanie, and Tammy. You guys rock. Now, there's even more of a wicked world on Patreon. You'll have access to exclusive videos each month and more. Any support truly helps to make sure the victims never get forgotten and to highlight the shortcomings of society associated with each case. So check it out at patreon.com slash a wicked world or use the Patreon app.